the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here's Pastor Jessica Stan to begin today's broadcast. The healing of the lame man in John chapter 3 was not an end in itself. Peter and John did not start a church called a healing ministry of Peter and John. You guys hear me? It wasn't an end in itself, and Christians ought to get that. The miracle that took place had a message behind it, and that's where we are in chapter 3, verse 13 and following. Thank you for being a part of our Friday program. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan from Grace Bible Church here in Haven. Currently, we're spending time studying the book of Acts here in chapter 3. Now, this chapter describes some of the earliest activities of the post-resurrection church. As you may already know, the Holy Spirit is alive and actively working in the lives of the apostles. Here's Pastor Jesse now with more. So in Acts chapter 3, we looked at the ministry of the apostle Peter and John as they ministered to the lame man at the temple beautiful and we dealt with the language that went all the way up to verse 11 and, and basically we identified the theme of the third chapter of the book of Acts and that theme was given by the apostle Peter as he spoke to the reason why God had been so gracious to heal this man. It's given in verse 13. Now the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. So as we work our way through the book of Acts, what we know will be the motive of God the Father is to glorify God the Son through these unique events which will transpire in the life of the apostles. The glorification of the Son of God by God the Father through these unique events that will transpire in the life of the apostles. That means that we will deal with the theological significance of things like miracles and signs and wonders which are critical to our understanding of how God works. So some people will say things like, um, you know, God still heals today. And we would say yes and no, because that statement by itself, while being true, is not sufficiently developed. And those kind of narrow statements often are negated by the fact that they aren't fully developed. So if you, if, you, if you make a statement like that God still heals today, if you don't qualify, it can be both affirmed and rejected. And for a prudent student of the word of God, you want to be able to know 
What do you mean by God still heals today? If you mean that God still heals today in the same fashion in which he healed in the first century through uh, apostolic ministry, we would disagree with you. We would firmly disagree with any church who espouses the notion that God actually heals today in the same fashion in the which he healed in the first century precisely because there were purposes behind the healings that were done then that are not needed now. Therefore, the manner in which and the purpose and design for which those healings took place would be, uh, they would not be necessary today. And so what we will discover as we go through the book of Acts is that the primary, ob- uh, primary source of healings will be the ministry of the apostles Not just any Tom, Dick, and Harry, or even Susan, Sally, and Jane, especially in our present egalitarian age where we have to make sure we acknowledge both men and women today. Um, We're doing miracles. You didn't see that in your Bible. You don't see in the Bible where anyone did miracles. And the book of Acts will be a study uh, concerning the historiography of the church, and yet there will be clear discipline practices that will be engaged upon that not anyone engaged in. That is, let's, you know, let's keep it very uh, distinct that what we are dealing with is chiefly, not exclusively, but chiefly the ministry of the apostles. This is why the book of Acts has ultimately been called the Acts of the what? Apostles. That's fundamentally what you are reading is the Acts of the Apostles. Um, The early church, first 102 years after Penn died, um, after the, uh, uh, the Apostles died off, they struggled with whether or not the book should be called the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Ghost. And ultimately, they landed on the Acts of the Apostles, which is a right conclusion. Because to merely say that what's taking place in the book of Acts is the Acts of the Holy Ghost is to do what? Deny instrumentality. Right? Let's say that the Holy Spirit healed you of a uh, sickness, a disease. Um, But you failed to um, identify the means or the instrument by which that was done. Wouldn't you be leaving out a critical piece of information? Let's say the spirit of God healed you of a disease. But what he did by healing you of that disease was to use a doctor who was specifically qualified in that category of medicine with the wisdom and knowledge to be able to assist you in your healing. Are you guys hearing me? So that you were indeed healed, but the healing was through a process and instrumentality that God has chosen to consistently use throughout human history. So some of you know, as I do, that growing up in church in the naivete and ignorance of uh, religious background and religious experience, you were susceptible to unlearned men and women 
who told you that the Bible will affirm that God will heal you of your toothaches and heal you of your headaches and heal you of your diseases and you don't have to go to the doctor. Who's ever been through those kinds of religious shenanigans? Most of us have. Well, that's because the pastor, teacher, whoever it was, was not disciplined enough to know that God uses means on a steady, steady line. And he intends to work through means to accomplish his goals to teach us how important it is for us to recognize different disciplines, different offices, different vocations. And all of these different offices and vocations are gifts of God to humanity. Some of us have fallen prey to the arrogance, unfounded arrogance, that we can simply believe God for our healing. And then not only in some cases did we remain sick and get sicker until we almost died, but in many cases because of an arrogance and unbiblical and unsound assumption People have died waiting for God to heal them as opposed to going to the doctor. Am I making some sense? Because this is absolutely true. And then even more radical than that, after in the face of the evidence that God has spoken clearly in providence that you are misinterpreting the scriptures and therefore the application that you seek for is not coming to pass because God doesn't set aside his principles of truth simply because of your erroneous faith. You still didn't get it. There are people who still believe that God will act in a fashion in which he did in the first century today when there is absolutely no evidence anywhere in the world that he's doing that. Now, I don't want you guys to fall prey to that because that's not biblical faith. It's not even a real understanding of how God works providentially. Now, having said all that I said, I am not saying that God does not heal, am I? See, right-thinking people understand to negate one thing does not mean to negate something else or affirm the opposite. You, you know that for me to simply say that God uses means does not mean that God does not heal. It also does not mean that God does not work in special cases. I've said this before. God will work at times in very unique cases where he performs a healing But it will often be in a situation where there won't be an opportunity for people to monopolize on that healing. Take advantage of that for the purpose of personal aggrandizement. There's no doubt that God can heal. There's no doubt that God does heal. The question is, what is the normative means by which God heals people? And how does it comport with God's larger objective of healing? What are the normative means and how does it comport with God's larger objective of healing? I said all that to say that as we get into our text, you'll understand that the healing of the lame man in John chapter 3 was not an end in itself. Peter and John did not start a church called a healing ministry of Peter and John. You guys hear me? It wasn't an end in itself. And Christians ought to get that. The the miracle that took place had a message behind it, and that's where we are in chapter 3, verse 13 and following. I'm going to read in chapter 3, verse 13 through 26, and we're going to come back and unpack it 
develop it according to your outline. So Peter has already stated that what you guys see taking place is a notable miracle that will not be controverted. It will not be overthrown. It will not be argued. It will be evident. It will be obvious. It will be public. We will have to deal with the consequences of this notable miracle when the rulers hear about it. But we want you to know that God did this in order to glorify his son, Jesus Christ. And then he develops the reason for which that was done in verses 14 and following. But you denied the Holy One and the Just One and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God had raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, brethren, I know that through ignorance you did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before has showed by his mouth, by the mouth of his prophets, all of his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Therefore, you all should repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which was before preached unto you. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said to the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of all your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Here's the last verse. And unto you first, God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Thus is the reading of God's word. We'll be able to work through our outline and see the framework of Peter's message very clearly. If you pull up the PowerPoint, point number one in your outline, the impact of the miracle, the impact of the miracle, the impact of the miracle. Verse 11, and as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the, per, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. What occurred? The miracle took place and the lame man by divine providence latches hold to both John and uh, Peter and James to uh, Peter and John, right? Peter and John, um, to, to let everyone in the temple know that these are the means by which I was healed. He associated with the instrumentality of his healing. He did not deny it. The lame man didn't go around and simply say, God healed me apart from instrumentality. God healed me all by himself. God healed me without the special means of these two persons. No, he is giving visible witness in the temple of his identification with the instrumentality of the apostles who are the means by which the miracle takes place. Are you guys getting that? 
that becomes then a, a, a public testimony of a unique calling on the part of these apostles. I think I shared that with you last week. Uh, or three or four weeks ago, back when we had our last class, the capacity or the ability that was given to the apostles were many gifts, one of which was the ability to heal. Now, mark this. The apostles did not have the ability to heal at whim. That means they weren't, they weren't given the gift of healing in such a magnanimous way that any time they wanted to heal, they could heal. They could only heal according to the will of God. The apostles did not have the spirit without measure, as Jesus did. The apostles couldn't heal anyone they wanted to at any time. They could only heal according to the will of God when it was God's will to perform a healing because all healings had a message behind it. So if there was not a message that was preceding the the potential for God to be glorified through Christ, there would be no need for a healing to take place. Otherwise, we're healing arbitrarily and we're healing whimsically and we're healing just because we want to call attention to the gift of healing that we have, which is the problem in our present day churches, of which this is why I deny the unique office of apostolic calling after the first century and the end of the apostolic. So everyone who calls himself an apostle today is either a farce, a scam, or they are operating out of what we call the small a apostle. And if they are operating out of the small a apostle, well, that applies to you too. You are an apostle in that sense. Because as we're learning, every one of us are sent to preach the gospel in that sense. But there is no large A apostle whatsoever if you actually understand what the qualifications of an apostle are. Are you guys hearing me? And we already have dealt with the implications of taking on an office that is not authorized by God for you. This is the problem in our present evangelical church as well. We talked about this years ago. If you adopt to yourself an office like apostle or prophet or healer or whatever, bishop or archbishop or whatever, and that office is not given to you by divine authority, then you are setting yourself up to abuse people because you're operating out of a calling that's not actually yours. The implications of taking on the role of an apostle is the implication of sustaining the foundation of the church when the foundation of the church was already laid. The apostles are foundation ministries to establish the gospel upon which the church was built. The implications of a sustaining of the apostolic office then would, would suggest or assert that we are still building the foundation. This is what we learned when we went through that three-week class on tongues, didn't we? And when people embrace the idea that we're still speaking in languages and we're still receiving, as it were, certain uh, gifts in, in what they call the continuationist mode, then we're still laying foundations. Now, either the word of God is true or it's not. Either the foundation is laid and no one else can lay that foundation, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The foundation has been laid and that foundation is Christ. Now, every man builds upon that foundation, every minister, but you are not laying the foundation over again. It's already laid. So when a person calls himself or she calls herself an apostle, she basically is waging war against biblical truth. I say that only to say that it's what, we, what you're going to see in the book of Acts 
is a unique ministry accomplished by the apostles exclusively. And in this context, the impact of the miracle was, and it was designed by God to draw people, to draw people to Peter and John. Look at the last part of verse 11. And it says, and they ran together, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, doing what, ladies and gentlemen? Greatly wondering. Now, we've been thinking this one through and working this one through ever since we opened up the book of Acts. What the apostles are doing is extending the ministry of Jesus Christ, which he did when we see him operating in his calling through the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the one undeniable expression or um, uh, impact that was made upon the people whenever Christ healed or preached or taught was that they were amazed, that they were astonished, that they were marveling. Acts chapter 2, verse 7. Remember, the 120 in the upper room. They're speaking in unknown languages, right? The languages of other men. And listen to what verse 7 says. And they were all amazed. And they marveled, saying one to another. And then we sit again also uh, down in um, verse 17. Let me see here. No. There's another place where it's spoken. Um, Verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? Now, Ladies and gentlemen, what we have taking place here, as our first point says, and you can leave the point up, leave the point, point number, uh, point number one, leave that up. Um, greatly wondering, this idea of being astonished or being taken aback or finding oneself uh, marveling is a messianic signet. It means that Christ is present by his spirit doing something of such unusual level that you know that you are in the presence of God. The people are now taken back because they can give no human reason for why this miracle took place other than God did it. This is what happens when you actually meet God in the ministry of the word. How do we know Jesus shows up in the the ministry of the word, in the ministry of the people of God, because a kind of amazement and a kind of marveling takes place in the soul. This is true even in the preaching of the gospel. When the word of God illuminates the mind and the heart and you come to a clarity of certain biblical truths at a level you had not come to before, don't you marvel? Aren't you astonished when the truth is made plain to your soul? By the way, I think I said this last time. This is something of which we would always want to experience. Even in your own private study. Let me see if I can drive this home. When you open your Bible and you read your Bible, what you want God to do is to cause you to marvel at its truth. You don't want to read your Bible like Reader's Digest. You don't want to read it like Jet Magazine. You don't want to read it like some superficial, carnal piece of data. You want the Spirit of God to take the Word of God and apply it to your heart in such a way that it opens your eyes and creates the kind of impact in your soul that causes you to pause. Have you ever been there? You're reading, and there's such an illumination of the text that you have to stop, sit your Bible down, and just go into suspended animation and marvel at the revelation. That's what you want. 
You want God to take you up in the spirit and cause you to think through the profundity of his word being open to you. You do not want to go through a casual reading of scripture and it have no actual impact on your soul. You really don't want to see that occur in worship as well. So obviously, as we are kind of contemplating the application of the presence of Christ in the ministry of the world word, what we are asking for is for God to make an impact in our life every time we come together with him. Right. Make an impact in my life. By the way, what will help you, particularly when you come out to study, if you get off of work at five o'clock and study is at eight o'clock and that's what it's going to be every time now, eight o'clock, go home and take a nap before you come. Don't do 50 different things. Come in and think the Holy Ghost is just going to take away your sleep. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.